Hare Krishna. So we are very fortunate today to have Her Grace uh, Jayashri Mataji on the call. And she has been enlightening us with the words of Srimad Bhagavatam, which is 5.4.7. Um, Hare Krishna Mataji. Mataji, are you there on the call? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, Mataji. Hare Krishna. My Dharat Pranam. All glories to Shri Prabhupada, Guru Maharaj. Thank you so much for your valuable association. So, Mataji, please take over. Thank you. And also, Mataji will request somebody to uh, chant the Sanskrit words. <laughs> because uh, I'm seeing Pooja Mataji is not here today. She had gone for a wedding. So, oh. anybody, and Mataji, I'm also not good in doing the chanting of the Harikita, of the Sanskrit. <laughs> so, I was just a little bit worried who will do it. But maybe one of the Prabhuji is on the call again. Hare Krishna Mataji. Thank okay. you. Yes, good. And I, I like to hear it said properly. Yes, All right, Mataji. good morning everyone. Hare Krishna. All glories to Sri Guru and Sri Guranga. All glories to Sri Prabhupada. All right. Another beautiful morning. <laughs> We're so fortunate to wake up to uh, chanting in the Srimad Bhagavatam as opposed to uh, the newspaper, uh, the news, and uh, coffee. <laughs> All right, I, I have a injured hand, so I hope I can play the cartons. So. <laughs> His Divine Grace, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Srila Prabhupada Kijan. Anantikoiti Vaishnava Indi Kijan, Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Kijan. Prem Sri Kala Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Sri Dota Gadadhar, Srila Siddhi Gopakta Vrindi Kijan, Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopinath, Shamakunda Radha Kundi Giri Govardhan Kijan, Sri Vrindavan Dham Kijan, Navadrik Dham Kijan, Nu Vrindavan Dham Kijan, Jamuna Maya Kijan, Ganga Maya Kijan, Bhakti Devi Kijan, Srimati Tulsi Devi Kijan, Samaveda Bhakti Vrindi Kijan. All glories to the Asama devotees, all glories to the Asama devotees, all glories to the Asama devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Sri Garanga, all glories to Sri Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya We are reading from the beautiful Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 4, Text Number 7. If we have some elevated Brahmin scholar that could do the Sanskrit, that would be nice. Hare Krishna. 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 Hare Krishna.
Hare Krishna, Mother Ji, can I try? Please, please, I'm sure you'll do a great job. Thank you, Mother Ji. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 4, Verse 7. Brahmanya Nyakuto Nabhir Vipra Mangala Pujitaha Yashabar Hashi Yadnesham Darshayam Asura Ojasa. Oh, that was perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's see. I still have a hard time focusing. Like new cataract eyes. All right, that's better. Brahmanya, a devotee of the Brahmins. Anya, any other. Kutaha, where is Navin? Besides Maharaj Navi, Vipra, the Brahmins, Mangala Pujataha, well worshipped and satisfied, Yasya, of whom, Barishi, in the sacrificial arena, Yagya Isham, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the enjoyer of all sacrificial ceremonies, Vivarsyam Asya, showed Ojasa, by their Brahminical prowess. Translation. This is the second prayer. Who is a better worshipper of the Brahmins than Maharaj Nibi? Because he worshipped the qualified Brahmins to their full satisfaction, the Brahmins, by their Brahminical prowess, showed Maharaj Nibi the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayan in person. Purport by such a great Brahmana, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. The Brahmanas engaged as priests in the sacrificial ceremony were not ordinary Brahmins. They were so powerful that they could bring forth the Supreme Personality of Godhead by their prayers. Thus, Maharaj Nibi was able to see the Lord face to face. Unless one is a Vaishnava, he cannot call for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Lord does not accept an invitation unless one is a Vaishnava. Therefore, it is said in the Padma Purana, Oops, one second. A scholarly Brahman expert in all subjects of Vedic knowledge is unfit to become a spiritual master without being a Vaishnava. But a person born in a family of a lower caste can become a spiritual master if he is a Vaishnava. These Brahmanas were certainly very expert in chanting Vedic mantras. They were competent in the performance of Vedic rituals. And over and above this, they were Vaishnavas. Therefore, by their spiritual prowess, they could call the Supreme Personality of Godhead and enable their disciple Maharaj Nibi to see the Lord face to face. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments that the word Ojas means by dint of devotional service. So Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gananjana Salakaya Chaksrum Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manu Bhistyam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadatmayam Tadati Sva Parantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Juta Parakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Tam Sajivam Sadoitam Savadutam Parijana Saitam Sri Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakam Cha. I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge and I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. 
When will Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who has established within this material world a mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? When will Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who has established, I'm sorry, I offer my respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of my spiritual master, unto the lotus feet of all the Vaishnavas. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of Sri Rupa Goswami, along with his elder brother Sanan Goswami, as well as Raghunath Das, Raghunath Bhattara, Gopal Bhatta, and Srila Jiva Goswami. I offer my respectful obeisances to Lord Sri Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, along with Adoita Gadadha, Shivas, and the other associates. I offer my respectful obeisances to Sri Radharani and Krishna, along with their associates, Sri Lalita and Vishaka. These prayers are so beautiful. Vandeham Sri Guru, Sri Ducha Pratakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamscha. Just beautiful Sanskrit, and fortunately for us, translated into English by His Divine Grace, who ventured over the ocean at such an elderly age. You will see when you get to be 70, which I am unfortunately past 70, you'll see the difficulties in the getting old. That's why old age is categorized with birth, death, and disease. How Prabhupada could have traveled over the ocean simply to give all of this information in English. So we are so fortunate. All right, so this particular verse is talking about Maharaj Nibi, and he has the great fortune to be in contact with these qualified brahmanas. But as the purport goes on to say, they are not just qualified brahmanas, they are also Vaishnavas. And Prabhupada prefaces in the purport that without being a Vaishnava, one can't actually call for the personality of Godhead. It's that connection with the Supreme Lord that devotion, the devotional service, which is what we have been benedicted with, that enables one to be in personal contact with the personality of Godhead. Simply taking birth in a Brahmin family or simply knowing the ritualistic performances like we heard in the story of the Brahmins' wives from the Krishna book, from the 10th canto. The husbands were qualified Brahmins in many ways. They had the ability and the knowledge to perform these ritualistic performances, but what was their lack? Their lack was they didn't have any devotion. When Krishna's representative personally came and begged for food for Krishna, they couldn't understand. They, had, they didn't have that devotion and that love. And their simple wives had that. And they ran off with so many preparations to, to serve Krishna and Balaram. And as a matter of fact, they didn't want to go back. But Krishna sent them back to their, to their service to their husbands. So there's always been this rift or battle or argument amongst the Brahmins, the caste Brahmins, and the Vaishnavas. And uh, we see in Lord Chaitanya's time, some of the people that gave him and Haridas Sakura the most difficulty were the Brahmin class. Lord Chaitanya broke the rules. You know, he was, he was engaging Yavanas, Malachas, all these different low-class people in the chanting of the Lord's name. He was giving them he opened house the store. He opened the storehouse of the holy name and and spread this love of God to every class of people. And the caste Brahmins were not happy. They got uh, so riled up. They got the Kazi riled up, and he was breaking the drums and uh, stopping the kirtans. 
And Lord Chaitanya showed him who was boss. He went there with all the thousands of people in the first prophets as the first civil disobedience movement. And uh, he challenged the Kazi, you know. And of course the Kazi had to surrender. And then the Brahmins also had to see that what they were doing was wrong. So Srila Prabhupada was a Brahmin, but he was also an elevated Vaishnava. And Srila Prabhupada was actually able to call the Lord. That's what the verse says, that a Vaishnava or these Brahmins who were qualified could call the Lord so that Maharaj Nevi could see the, him face to face. So this is what Prabhupada did. He came into this forsaken land of America where no one was doing much in the way of devotion or worship of the Lord. <clears throat> and he called for the Lord. He called for the Lord in such a magnificent way, like a doitacharya called for the Lord, and Lord Chaitanya appeared. Prabhupada came to the West and called for the Lord, and the Lord came, and he himself appeared in the deities that Prabhupada installed. Prabhupada personally installed a number of deities. He personally installed Radharas Bihari and Juhu. I sat there when he installed the Panchatattva in Hawaii. He installed Sri Sri London, Radha London Ishvara. What he was doing was he was strategically calling the Lord to different places in the world and establishing doms, a holy dom. It's such a sacred place. Prabhupada was establishing a holy dom. And he established like 108 temples. He established doms for the poor, misled, fallen, conditioned souls to have a chance to make some progress in this life. And he initiated hundreds actually thousands of disciples. And what did he do? It's like when you get a toy for a child, you wind it up and it goes, right? It moves, it claps or it runs or whatever. So Prabhupada, he, he gathered up these willing souls and he wound them up with devotion. And they started moving throughout the world and spreading this beautiful devotional movement of Lord Chaitanya. And what else did he do? He translated, he painstakingly translated. I mean, Prabhupada was translating through the night while everyone else was sleeping. We hear from people who lived with Srila Prabhupada, some of them had never even saw Prabhupada sleep. And they lived with Prabhupada. He was translating the message, the voice, the incarnation of the Lord into English. And not only that, he did what his spiritual master said. He established his own printing press, the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust. And millions, not hundreds, not thousands, millions of books were printed and given to the fools and rascals of this world. It's amazing. So how did Prabhupada call Krishna? He called him and put him in the heart of all of these young disciples. He called him and Krishna came in these deities. He called him and Krishna appeared in the, the pages of these great literatures. So Prabhupada was not just a Vaishnava. Prabhupada was a very advanced and great Vaishnava, one who could call the Lord to appear in this dire age of Kali. And with this appearance, with this incarnation, with these incarnations of the Lord, this Hare Krishna movement is being spread more and more every day. 
is that, that Maharaj Nebi was able to see the Lord face to face. And Prabhupada, I, this is just my own personal experience. When I met Srila Prabhupada, the, the, the Hare Krishna mantra somehow or other became established in my heart. I couldn't get it out of my head. Wherever I went before I moved into the temple, whatever it was, a week or two after I met Srila Prabhupada, I couldn't stop chanting. And um, when I moved into the temple and I got initiated, Prabhupada sent me my beads that he had chanted on. And when I chanted, I could see Krishna face to face within my heart, within my mind, whatever. And I could see he was teaching me. And I was like, wow, this is so far out. And so I told Govinda Dasi and she said, no, uh-uh. She said, you're not seeing Krishna. She said, it's just hallucination. But I said, no, I just, I'm telling you, I'm seeing Krishna and, and he's talking to me. He's giving me realization. How could it be hallucination? So I wrote to Srila Prabhupada. And I think it is in one of the letters that got stolen when I went to L.A. Because I don't seem to have it. And I said, and Prabhupada wrote back and he said, yes. He said, you will see when you are chanting, not only are you seeing Krishna, but he is speaking with you face to face. So this was the blessing that Prabhupada gave me. I mean, it's not like every time I chant now, I see the same thing. I see Krishna. I think it was an initial um, starter. <laughs> you know, Prabhupada gave me mercy. He felt sorry for me. I was so fallen. I still am, unfortunately. I haven't made much progress. But I'm trying. So, in a letter that Prabhupada wrote in November of 1974, it says that in our Vaishnava philosophy it is said that a perfect Vaishnava is always very kind. And he is aggrieved by others' miserable conditions. Paradukha Dukhi Krapambudhi or a Vaishnava is always unhappy by seeing others' unhappiness, and he is the ocean of kindness. First of all, these literatures and these prayers and these great devotees from the past and present, they're so poetic. And just reading the literatures are just so soothing to the heart and the mind. When we read Unfortunately, when we open the computer, all the stuff smashes in our brain and in our face and in our mind, and it's just distressing. It's like, when will the people of this age realize that to share the distress and miserable conditions of others is not a way to bring peace to society? But this is what we see. This is what our so-called news people and media people are putting out there. But the, the Srimad Bhagavatam and the literature and prayers and songs by these Vaishnavas are like soothing medicine to the mind and the soul and the heart. It just brings such a different atmosphere. So it says that a Vaishnava is an ocean of kindness. So Srila Prabhupada was like that. Who, who else would have so painstakingly and patiently fanned the spark of so many fallen souls and inspire them a little at a time, telling them they're pure devotees, that they're Vaishnavas. How kind. In one place... Prabhupada said, my disciples are all pure devotees. Right? He said that. 
But what did he mean? I mean, he didn't necessarily mean that we're all Uttama Adhikaris, obviously. But Prabhupada was like a, a loving parent. So you have a child or a grandchild, and he's just learning to walk. And what do you say? Oh, you are such a big boy. Yes, you can do it. You are such a big boy. Right? You glorify him, telling him he's a big, he's a big boy. Is he a big boy? No. He's a two-year-old. He can hardly walk. He's not a big boy. So Prabhupada was like that. He was like a Bengali grandmother. And at the same time, what is that verse Prabhupada talks about? Like a, um, like a general, some kind of military general, but with the heart of a Bengali grandmother. So Prabhupada was like that, right? He was a fierce fighter for Krishna. He wanted to die on the battlefield, he said. And he did. He didn't retire and go sit quietly under a tree in Vrindavan and chant. Prabhupada was opening temples, traveling and preaching until the very last. And then even on his departure bed, he was translating, translating the Srimad Bhagavatam and giving purports. How amazing is that? But with his disciples, he was very protective and very encouraging, you know. Yes, you are such a big boy. You can do it. <laughs> so, I was thinking about this uh, fighting between the Brahmins and the Vaishnavas. Or not fighting, basically. Of course, in this age, everything becomes fighting. But the, the, the disagreement or the difference of opinion of who's what's a better, greater position. And we see when Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj went on a pilgrimage through Vrindavan, if you remember, there was a group of, of smarta Brahmins that wanted to pay a uh, policeman to have Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj killed. Um, and the, what was the policeman's reply? He said, yes. We do indulge in this type of thing, but not for such a saintly person. And then they warned Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj. You know, the, when, when people get a position and think they are so great, right? They, they can do all kinds of things to hold on to that false prestige and pride and false position. Right? Anyone with knowledge knows that we're not this body. Anyone with knowledge knows that we leave everything at some time in this life. So what are we holding on to? What position? We want respect from others. What did Lord Chaitanya say? Don't give all respect to others, but expect nothing for yourself. Be more humble than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree, devoid of sense of false prestige. You know, it's like these are his simple teachings. But uh, we see there are classes of people that thrive on the pride of having a position. So these Brahmins sometimes are, are in this situation. And they give difficulty to someone like Srila Prabhupada or Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj. So... When Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj was young, there was a discussion or debate or whatever you want to call it that was supposed to be done, I believe, by Bhakti Thakur, and he was sick. And so Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj went in his place. And there was a literature that he wrote. It was called Brahman and Vaishnava, the conclusive comparison between Brahmins and Vaishnavas. This is written by Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj. So what did he do? And what I read said that he, over a three-day span, he glorified the Brahmins for a whole day. Just amazingly, if you read it, you can hardly wrap your brain around it. At least I couldn't because I have a small brain. 
But um, just the evidence and the scriptural um, evidences and knowledge that Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj put forth. One, uh, he said, the demigods are not seen by gross senses. The Brahmins are manifestations of the demigods. The Brahmins sustain all the planets. The demigods reside in the heavenly planets by the mercy of the Brahmins. The Brahmins' words can never be false. Whatever the Brahmin speaks is in great satisfaction is accepted by the demigods. When the manifested forms of the demigods the Brahmins are satisfied. The demigods who are beyond sense perception are also satisfied. A weapon can destroy... These are not all in chronological order, by the way, because it's like a very long uh, written summary. A weapon can destroy only one person, <clears throat> but the anger of a Brahmin can destroy one's entire family. The anger of a Brahmin is more fiercely powerful than a disc. So one should not make a Brahmin angry. A king burns through his punishment while a Brahmin burns through his anger. There is no other, nor will there be a superior holy place than a Brahmana. O best of sages, these are all quotes from different scriptures that Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj has put in forth in this letter, in this page, uh, this writings. O best of sages, simply by honoring the water that has washed the feet of a Brahmin, one achieves the same result that one attains by donating a brown cow on the full moon day of Kartik. As long as the earth is moistened by the water that has washed the Brahmin's feet. The forefathers will drink nectar from lotus vessels. Through the body of a Brahmana, the demigods, through living in heaven, always eat havya, offerings of the forefathers in Petri Loka, always eat kavya, offerings. So who can be superior to Brahmins? And then he goes on, after some many pages, religious-minded persons should not give even a drop of water to the hypocritical son of a Brahmin, the follower of the vow of a cat. I, I didn't read well enough to find out what that vow of a cat meant. One should not give even a drop of water to the son of a Brahmin, who is either a sinful imposter or ignorant of the Vedas. One should know that, that a Dharma, Dharma Dvaja, one who makes false show of being religious, a person who is always desirous of others' wealth, a duplicitous person, a cheater, an envious person, and a blasphemer, is a critical, hypocritical Brahmin who follows the vow of a cat. He keeps saying that. An imposter Brahma, the follower of the vow of a duck, is he who always looks down in order to make a show of humility, who is cruel and who pretends to be submissive. As a result of their sinful activities, those who are Hypocrites and imposters go to the hell known as Andhyatamisra. Sorry. The Brahmins born in Kali Yuga are impure and no better than Sudras. In Kali Yuga or in the age of Quirrell, seminal lines are not pure. So those born in Brahmins are equal to Sudras and qualified only in name. Wow. I mean, he starts off glorifying what an actual Brahmin is. And then he prefaces it at the end by warning 
that one is not a Brahmin if he simply takes birth in the family of a Brahmin. If he's hypocritical and cruel and falsely humble. I mean, he's so, like Prabhupada said, what was it, the term for Bhakti he was He was a lion guru, but he also used a chopping method, Prabhupada says. He would just cut you down, cut your false prestige down. I see why I wasn't fortunate enough to have his association. <laughs> I would have been cut down. Okay, so this, the second, this is called Harijan Kanda section concerning the devotee of Hari. Now he's talking about the Vaishnava. So, my dear servants, please do not approach such devotees for, the, I don't know who's, who he's quoting. They have fully surrendered to the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They are equal to everyone, and their narrations are sung by the demigods and the inhabitants of the Siddhaloka. Please do not even go near them. They are always protected. Uh, he, he must have been talking to, I think it's, uh, I'm sorry, I believe it's... Uh, Yamaraj speaking to his um, Yamadutas. Please do not even go near them. They are always protected by the club of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and therefore Lord Brahma and I and even the time factor are not competent to chastise them. The Vaishnavas are always more powerful than Agni. These are all quotes that Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj is putting in his in his writing. More powerful than Agni, Surya, and the Brahmins, Vaishnavas do not have to suffer the reactions of fruit of activities or concern themselves with analyzing these activities. This is stated in the Kuntumi branch of the Samaveda. Amazing. I mean, there's just so many branches of this knowledge. And Prabhupada has given us just a drop and we can hardly consume that. You may ask Brihaspati to confirm this. The Vaishnava devotees of the Supreme Lord are not like ordinary human beings. They are f who are forced to enjoy the results of their karma. This fact is stated in many places in the scriptures. The Vaishnavas are a particular type of incarnation of the Supreme Lord and therefore they are not enjoyers of fruits of karma. By the will of the Lord, they appear for the benefit of the people of the world, just like an incarnation of the Supreme Lord. So we know certainly this is Srila Prabhupada, this is Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj. They appear for the benefit of the people of the world, just like an incarnation of the Supreme Lord, and that's why they're called the um, Shaktavesha Avatar, the devotee of the Lord who appears and brings the Lord into the purview of us fallen souls. So to go on with Bhaktisiddhanta's writing, Sri Krishna said to Arjuna, the Vaishnavas are the spiritual masters of the entire world, and I am the spiritual master of the Vaishnavas. Wow. As, as I am the spiritual master of everyone, the devotees are also the spiritual masters of everyone. The entire, in the entire world, there is no object as worshipable as the Vaishnavas. The ultimate conclusion of the scriptures is that the Vaishnavas are better than the best or the topmost ideals of the world. Anyway, it is a very long literature, and you can look it up online if you want to read the whole thing. But he clarifies, without a doubt, how the Brahminical status is an important and uh, certainly needed position. But that a, a Vaishnava, a devotee of the Lord, are following in the footsteps of the Vaishnavas, 
or getting the mercy of the Vaishnavas is is a, a more advanced position. That it's actually the highest position of one that they can be honored with. <coughs> I know we are called Vaishnavas and for myself I see that I am definitely an aspiring Vaishnava. But whether I would ever be able to call myself a Vaishnava after hearing the qualities and after seeing the qualities of Srila Prabhupada, I probably would not be able to in this lifetime for sure. And we know the, the Vaishnavas, look at, look at uh, Haridas Thakur. Haridas Thakur was born in an untouchable family as many of us were. Untouchable. I mean, a Malecha family. But he was more advanced than these Brahmins, so-called Brahmins of his time, that were the catalyst for his being beaten in the marketplaces. Their envy, their jealousy, their misinformation... And even, even uh, we hear the story of Nartam Dastakur when he went to back to his home and he started preaching and he actually started initiating. And there's that one story where the two boys, and you'll have to forgive me, I don't remember the names or the name of their father. They were uh, the sons of a Brahmin who worshipped uh, Durga through animal sacrifice and they were on their way to take the goats uh, that were going to be sacrificed and uh, Nartam Das Thakur and his associate saw what they were doing and they, they, out of their compassion they started having a conversation that the boys could hear about worshipping the demigods as opposed to worshipping the Supreme Lord and how animal sacrifice was not good and all this knowledge. They, they, they had a conversation in the, the close proximity of these boys and these boys, oh, they came and they asked them for more knowledge and they, they actually went with them to their home uh, they followed Nartam Dasakar and Nartam Dasakar initiated them. And after some so many days, they went back to their father. And their father, who was a, you know, a big man, a Brahmin, and a performer of sacrifices, and a well-known person, he became very angry with them. But after some time, you know, the the boys defeated everyone that the father brought for them to debate with and you know and defeated the arguments of the father we see the stories throughout but then now we can understand what what the what's going on here the the clash between the brahmin position and the vaishnavas All right, so that is a little bit of knowledge from myself. And uh, I think we can go forward if anyone has any questions or comments or additions that they'd like to put into the morning. Please um, make yourself at home. Hare Krishna, Mataji, Donut Pranam, Jaisal Bhupad. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Such a nice, wonderful glorification of Srila Prabhupad in the morning. <laughs> you nicely relate the Navi Maharaj uh, personality with Prabhupad. I like that. Wonderful. <laughs> he's Very the nice. only example I have. You know, when you have a personal example, he's... Yeah, and I like the your first yeah personal example when you started chanting and uh, you was like able to you know reciprocate with Krishna. That's so nice. <laughs> Early days, yeah, that's so nice. It was encouraging, you know. Yes, yes. It was encouraging. 
small, these are the small, small, yeah, as, as you said, you know, small, small examples, you know, encourages the new, I mean, the devotees to, you know, go strongly on this path. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mataji. Hare yeah. Krishna. Yeah. Especially in New Vrindavan, we have so many people coming, you know, and uh, because we're preaching and because we're distributing books, there are more and more people that are coming to our association. And we we want to be sure to follow, sorry, I'm going to sneeze, to follow Prabhupada in this regard and to encourage, you know, people and not you know Prabhupada his way of doing it wasn't to um, find fault with everything everyone did oh you're not doing this right or you should be chanting like this oh you should do it like that well why don't you do it like this why don't you cook like this why? it's it's like a fault finding thing that mm-hmm. is in the heart of the conditioned souls and if you see the qualities the 26 qualities of a pure devotee, one of them is that he does not find fault with others. He's, his heart doesn't have that desire to find fault. So in our own association with other devotees and new people, we want to be sure that we don't become the fault finder type of person that everyone wants to run away from because you're going to chastise them for not doing it this way or that way or this way or that way. You know, I know it's it's definitely a possibility, and I know people, including myself, who have this fault. There's one girl in the Pujari room that, you know, even me, and I'm not only older than her, not only an older devotee, but I've been a pujari years longer than her. Sometimes I'll do something and she'll come over. Well, you're not supposed to do it like that. You're supposed to do it like this. You're not supposed to put a, a ring on Radharani's finger because I heard <laughs> so-and-so said this to me. And it's like, um, excuse me, you know, show it to me. Show me where it says in the Archanapadahati or, you know, give me some reference. Um, but it's it can become a tendency, especially if we have a position in the temple, no matter what it is. We're the older devotee in the temple, or we're the first Brahmin, or we're the pujari, or we're the treasurer, or whatever. It it comes along with the conditioning that we have that we want to correct everyone. Well, Prabhu, you should do it like that, and you know it should be like that, and but we have to be careful. Prabhupada didn't do that. I mean, when somebody was doing something that needed to be corrected, Prabhupada did correct them. And sometimes it was hard for the for the disciple to take any chastisement. But it was done in a certain way. Anyway, I'm just saying we have to be careful not to become the, the fault finder, chastiser of everyone. <laughs> right, right. That's so nice quality of Srila Prabhupada, you know, he took everyone together and nicely, everyone. He fanned the spark of devotion. Right. Okay, anybody else? Anything wonderful to add? Mataji, thank you very much. You gave a wonderful class. I always enjoyed your nectarian we are so fortunate that uh, with uh, such a uh, great experience you have with Prabhupada and you are spreading the Krishna consciousness in our life. Haribol. Thank you. I mean, I know I'm not... Anyway, don't want to... I, I, I do what Prabhupada told me to do. I try and preach Krishna consciousness. So, uh, and somehow or other that fortune that I had to come in contact with Srila Prabhupada was for my eternal benefit for sure. And certainly not that I was qualified. It was just Krishna's 
compassion and kindness. Um, so yes, I, I, I do have some good fortune in my life. Causeless mercy. But then we have the whole ISKCON that's so full of wonderful personalities. And, and as things are now, all we have to do is turn on our computer and go to YouTube or Mayapur TV or all of these different personalities or like the conference call. It's just like going all over the place. There's so many choices of different kinds of persons to listen to and learn from. It's like a festival. Krishna's manifested in this golden age. It's just so amazing. We have such good fortune. We just have to take advantage of it. And don't waste time. Like Prabhupada said, don't waste time. Chant Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Mataji, my Dhanat Pranam to you, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Guru Maharaj Ki Jai. Thank you so much Mataji, in spite of uh, some health issues like you were saying with your hand and you had a cataract and still you are giving class to us. We are very very thankful to you from our heart, you know. And uh, for today's words, I really like that point, you know, because see, uh, some of us are not coming from the background. In fact, I don't know, there are lots of us who have suddenly, you know, been... Uh, Somehow, with the mercy of Guru, Goranga, you know, we, we are just chanting and we are in this movement. But there are a lot of people around us are not chanting. So, uh, and also, you know, conditions are, so the, this line that mentions that, you know, like if you are coming from like a meat eater, doggy, whatever they have said, uh, but if you are practicing, then, you know, your position is higher. Then you're coming from a Brahmana family and then you're not... Uh, following, uh, you know, like taking things casually and not following the Krishna consciousness, uh, uh, you know, principles and everything given. So, this is very, very encouraging. And of course, uh, we hear Prahlad Maharaj's story too, you know, how he was always, uh, you know, uh, such a young boy is preaching to, uh, you know, his father, although he could have been under the influence, but, you know, again, Naraji was had such a strong influence. So devotees' influence is so, so important in our life. And uh, you were mentioning about the chanting aspect. I remember that in the beginning when I started chanting, uh, like I, I, I didn't like connect. I was so in, uh, enamored. I was so attracted to the holy name, you know, so that I felt that I'm, I'm close to Krishna this way in the beginning, you know, when like suddenly this... Uh, Somebody gives you like a <laughs> like a material example. Suppose somebody gives me like a nice, beautiful, big house, you know, and uh, I just move into it, and I'm like so excited, and what I'm going to do, put where, where will I have my altar? What will I do that? So yes. similarly, when this came in the big, and you know, you, then after some time when you start staying in that particular house, then you know you are like, okay, I'm falling short of one room. Or I'm this thing. I mean, when you move from apartment to a home, that home looks like big. But then what happens is, like, things get accommodated. More people are coming in. Sometimes our parents also staying with us. Then we feel now again we need more, bigger one. You know, like that. That is just like material desire going on. But in this, it's so nice that uh, you know when initially when we got, we really thought that Maha Mantra is nothing else but connection to Krishna. And today, you know, I had never felt that uh, like because it was a feeling. Uh, in depth inside of me but then today when you said this and I felt that why did I feel so happy chanting at that time so you mentioned that you know you got you felt like Krishna is there with you the connection was there so I don't know how pure my chanting was but I felt like um, uh, this Mahamantra is such a sweet thing such a wonderful thing that you know I could literally chant the whole day because I didn't know that uh, we had to do rounds in the morning so I used to chant like practically the whole day to finish my 16 rounds initially and I used to enjoy it of course and but you know but then with time we realize okay we have to do our rounds in the morning and it's more like uh, things are you know uh, of course um, that's our first priority but thank you so much for sharing these thoughts because you know they are directly coming from you and you are connected to Srila Prabhupada so you know we can uh, have similar thoughts but we can also think that, oh, like I'm just thinking, you know, uh, I'm under illusion. You know, but when we hear from senior persons like you, then 
we feel that yes, uh, we also have a little bit of experience we had, you know, as Bhattaji is mentioning, and uh, you feel so happy about that, that you know, like, and I wish we can ha always keep that experience uh, like we did for the first time when we chanted, you know. So, and sometimes uh, when you when we hear that yes, there was some previous connection in our life, and uh, it was just that uh, you had to, I had to just connect with the devotee. So I remember that. Uh, the Mataji, you know, who gave me the beats, uh, like, I don't know, for some reason, I always found myself like an average person, not very observant in life, not very uh, intelligent or nothing like that. But I remember when I came to the temple, uh, the Hare Krishna Mahamantra that was being sung was very, very um, attractive to me, very attractive to me. And then also the beat bag was very attractive to me. So I used to just love the bead bags, you know, I said, what is this bead bag they're carrying? That had so much attraction for me. And I remember I was asking on Mataji when I had done my first week, first round, one round, I did. So then I told that, what is this uh, hanging, you know, like, uh, why are these here on the bead bag? What is the relevance of that? And she said, we do 16 rounds to, to be under the shelter of Shira Prabhupada, you know. They were called, uh, I remember when Mataji told me, Prabhupada Ashraya. So immediately I wanted to take up the 16 rounds, that why should I stay behind, you know? <laughs> so that enthusiasm was there in the beginning. It's not there now, Mataji, so much. I wish, uh, you know, it can be now also like that. But yeah, you just, your class made me go back to my memories, you know, of uh, of the past. And, um, and then I only wanted to initiate, uh, associate with devotees, always, always, you know. I never wanted to, I stopped associating with people altogether. I just cut out from this world and then again, you know, I started associating but then again always, I'm never happy in the association of non-devotees somehow, you know. It's, you know, their talks, their way of going about, the duplicity in their nature and there is so much more and uh, because they're not chanting and they're just, uh, and now personally I feel that, uh, you know, it's like associating, associating with someone, it's like, as good as animal, if a person is not chanting, I feel like that. Literally, I feel like that. You know, the, there's no difference. This person is not chanting, doing the four things animals are doing. And, um, you know, so I just kind of maintain my distance and I just go along with my bhakti uh, in a pure way. So, thank you, Mataji. Thank you so much. All these realizations are coming to you from your class only. <laughs> and uh, we are so fortunate. And please pray for us, for our spiritual life that we can, uh, you know, have that uh, same ruchi interest uh, like we had in the beginning. Uh, it is there, but it's right now, it's like we have to finish our rounds and, you know, <laughs> it's become like, you know, how uh, even in a husband-wife relationship, initially there's a lot of this thing, but then later on, it becomes more like, okay, a general friendship. So that's how it happens, uh, you know, like we uh, don't concentrate and chant so much as we did at the beginning. So thank you, Mataji. Hare Krishna. Sorry if I shared too much. Uh, <laughs> You're always enthusiastic, and that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mataji. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Well, good morning, Mataji. Hare Krishna, Mataji. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Mataji, I am always looking forward to class. You come on Wednesdays, right? Uh, well, I usually choose Wednesdays because I dress the deities on Monday, so that's not a good day. It, it just seems that Wednesdays just seems to be a good day for me because it's in the middle of the week. Yes, and you share your personal experiences with Srila Prabhupada. They are like jewels, you know. When you see the beautiful jewels, you are attracted. So when you share those special moments that you had with Srila Prabhupada that really inspires us. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And Mataji, may I ask you, um, you know, when uh, you were uh, interacting with Srila Prabhupada in the beginning, uh, how would you feel, you know, your feeling was that he was a person from a completely different world because it's very hard to see such a compassionate and such a well-wisher in our lives. You know, normally we come across people who are very hypocrite, 
you know always uh, trying to get something from you uh, so that kind of selfless persons it's very hard to come across so when you uh, had your beginning experiences with shila prabhupad how did you feel well i mean i th- i have told the story before but uh when the way i met shila prabhupad was i just happened to see a poster on a bakery window with an address that said ac bhaktivedanta swami i had my friend drive me there Prabhupada was the only one there and he answered the door. I didn't knock. He just happened to I don't know how he knew we were there. But he told us to come upstairs and we sat with Prabhupada in his in his room. And uh I mean it was there was no Hari Krishna there, so it's not that somebody told me who he was. It was obvious who Prabhupada was. it was it was like uh walking from a dark street into a beautifully lit up room you know it's like propod was the servant of the personality of godhead and he was perfect you could feel it you could see it it just and everything he said was just on a platform that was so much deeper and so much broader than anything he was just he was the servant of god and it was so easy to see it um because that's who he was you know he lit up the room and he was uh he answered all of my questions my deep spiritual questions and i didn't ask him the questions he he somehow or other knew krishna directed him and in the course of his conversation he answered all of my questions it was it was a miracle and it was obvious that it was krishna's but i didn't know krishna of course i just knew god um and he was like finally finding the person you've been looking for to give you these answers and meeting an old friend someone who was someone who loved you that's that's what my experience was with shri prabha it was amazing uh, but mataji the, the credit goes to you also na because you were very young at that time how old were you i was 20 say so at the age of 20 to have these kind of questions in our mind is really very intelligent so you Actually, were ready to receive the answers and you had faith in what he said right he did not uh, give you references that he is talking from such and such scripture no, no. but you had faith right and you believed his words well and i came I, back I to him believe his words I had to believe his words because they were true. And and they didn't hmm. it's not like I had to think about them. The way Prabhupada was, he imparted truth to the soul and you know like he says if if you're hungry and you eat, no one has to tell you that you're full. It Prabhupada like filled up your soul with with truth. and you knew i it just it wasn't it wasn't a question of thinking about it it was the absolute truth and you knew it anyway yes i my qualification my qualification i don't know where i didn't have really a qualification but my qualification was that i was suffering <laughs> and that i was looking for god and that i prayed my dear lord please send me to someone who knows you that was my qualification that i needed krishna's mercy but there must have been i feel there must have been some connection in the past otherwise how you know 
it was like finally meeting what I'd been looking for. So there must have been some something in the past that connected me. So yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yes. Oh. Yeah, we should pray to the Lord and we should desire. So Krishna listens to us. He listens to our desires and he tries to fulfill them. That is him. <laughs> so your desire was fulfilled with Srila Prabhupada's presence. Well, it's even in the Bible, knock and the door will be opened. You have to you have to knock. You have to want right. So and then when you knock, then the Lord makes arrangements to bring you closer. That's what Prabhupada says. He said you take one step toward Krishna, he takes ten towards you. Thank you so much, Mataji. Very beautiful. <laughs> Very sweet. Haribo. Okay, Haribo. Thank you, everybody, for your 